I would like to know what are the interventions that they've put in place to make sure that they are able to reach the uh, 100% now? Because obviously there has to be something that is different for them to assume that they'll be able to make the 100%. And then the second question also of the OVG, um, also on slide 16, I would like to know what causes the delay in the average number of days to complete evaluation. I see um, they take about 125, whereas they are projecting, I think, 50 days going forward. Why does it take 125 days to finish evaluation? Especially because I'm assuming that they use external parties. Do they not, um, uh, uh, don't they target the people with a number of days, uh, with turnaround times, etc.? You know, the 125 seems to be a bit excessive. Nkosi Chairperson. Nkosi Mamumbabama. Uh, the honorable to the uh, honorable uh, Tapa. Our Tapa. Honorable Tapa. If he's not there, can we have honorable um, traitor? Honorable Trader. Thank you, Chair. I'm covered, Chair. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Honorable Masipa. Uh, thank you, Chair, and uh, thanks everyone for the presentation. Uh, Chair, my I think uh, on OVG, um, Honorable Babama covered um, most of my questions on OVG. Uh, I just want to go on the one question that I want to ask the OVG. Uh, there are concerns that were raised with me regarding your evaluation thoughts, and that the carrying capacity on farms are being disregarded. But instead, your evaluation purely focus on the past financial performance of the entity. Agriculture carrying capacity of a farm is a key indicator of farm's ability to produce and cannot be ignored. That's uh, how we have been taught. The rest obviously depends on the jockey, you know, the person uh, who is farming. A good farmer will always be a good farmer. It doesn't matter what the carrying capacity is. I mean, what the probability is of the previous farmer. The question that I have got is that um, the OVG, what are the evaluation methods and that are being applied during this evaluation? Um, because it is definitely a concern and, and this was raised. On the ARC, I think the, the issues of personnel asked were, were raised, which are my concern. But I think the biggest concern is that while saving costs is important, we are concerned that this, this could lead to brain drain. How is the organization planning to ensure that ARC remains relevant and has the necessary skills to execute its mandate? The last one on ARC chair is that uh, there has been progress with regards to the, um, the, the um, food and mass disease facility. We just want to know. Um, 
it is at this stage. I think the last time it was that um, they were waiting for some quiet in some other areas. I would just like to know uh, what is the progress in that regard. Thank you very much. Thank you. Dademasipa, uh, can we have uh, the Honorable Mbata? Honorable Mbata. Chair. No, I'm covered, Chair. Okay, thank you. And um, Honorable uh, Matthias. Honorable Matthias. Thank you, honorable members. If uh, that is all, uh, honorable Muntwedi uh, cut off on his last question that he was posing on the ARC, and I will uh, read it as he has sent it uh, to me. The ARC last time spoke of looking into insurance schemes for farmers and also venturing into making of fertilizers. How far are they with regards to that? That is from Honorable Montuid. Uh, we will allow uh, the Office of the Valuer General uh, 10 minutes to give responses and then uh, give uh, uh, the ARC 10 minutes to give responses. Thank you, OVG. Thanks, Chair. Um, we'll start with the questions that came from Honorable Kape. Um, and I would like to take you to slide 26 with regard to the vacancies. Um, members will remember that uh, in the last interaction with the, with the portfolio committee, we, we announced that we received concurrence from the minister with regards to the organogram of the OVG. We had 21 additional posts that were concurred to by the minister, which takes the capacity of the OVG to 45. So in terms of the length of time, uh, those 21 positions would then have been vacant since February when, when we, 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 we got the, the concurrence. Uh, in terms of our own systems, we have uh, acquired an enterprise resource planning system that we acquired late last year in terms of finalizing the contract. The implementation of the system started in, in 2020, um, and we are in the process of customizing that particular system, working with the uh, company that has been appointed to do that ERP uh, commissioning for the OVG. So we are un underway in terms of own systems for, for the OVG. Insofar as support from DITS is concerned, we have produced a transition a document plan uh, between ourselves and uh, and DITS that we have agreed to phase out the support 
by the end of September in 2020. Uh, that was before we before the, the, the lockdown. We had already agreed that by the end of September 2020, the OVG would go on its own. So we are now busy with the customization. There are different workshops that are running to, to put in processes into, into the ERP, and there are plans to train staff within the OVG to get us ready for 1 October. Um, so that is when we, we insist that the end of of the relationship will uh, will be with it. Obviously, once the lockdown is lifted and we are fully back operational, we will look at the impact of the time that we have lost and whether that would um, have an impact with with regards to that date of the end of September. Um, Honourable Maso spoke about the measures to improve performance. Uh, in the main, our, our difficulty has been lack of systems. Like I've said, we now have the uh, system, the ERP that we are putting in place. Secondly, there's been capacity, which has been the major problem. We now have approved a structure uh, that, like I said, that the minister has approved. We are busy with the uh, uh, capacitating that structure. And we, that, that is one of the measures that we are putting in place. Uh, the impact of the budget cuts that are coming with the with the changes that may be done by the Minister of Finance, it is a matter that we have not as yet um, looked into. We, we want to believe that there will be leadership to, to show uh, what kind of impact uh, those budget cuts would have on the on the allocations of all of the entities and the departments, and we will then res respond uh, accordingly based on what the type of leadership will receive from the national treasury. In the past uh, year, for instance, there was a, a reduction um, on the on the MTEF allocations, and uh, I think it was about seven and a half million rand for the OVG, and we were able to. Uh, revise our plans around those uh, reductions, and uh, we, we we will once again uh, respond accordingly on 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 whatever would be proposed as the a budget cut on the OVG. Uh, in terms of the use of other valuation methods, uh, we are as the OVG. The value general is part of a network of professionals in valuations who have created a group, an advisory kind of a panel uh, that uh, where, where ideas are being shared amongst valuers, all professionals, both in the public and the private sector on how to respond in this new age of uh, the new normal after the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So those discussions are ongoing in, in industry as well as in the profession and ideas are being bandied about particularly around avoiding things like uh, doing physical inspections, uh, which is what is now uh, um, what has now stopped and what is delaying a lot of valuations because uh, valuers are not able to travel to go physically to to do to do inspections. Nothing has has really been um, finalized as yet as to how they are going to adjust their methods. But those discussions are ongoing, and the OVG is taking a keen interest as to how the profession thinks we should uh, have the the new normal.
Honorable Muntwedi, on the 125 days, it is a direct result of our lack of capacity. And we, we are saying that uh, we are pushing towards getting within the 50 days, which would be an acceptable timeline. Uh, the 125, we, we are pushing that we would have left it uh, back in 2019, 2020, and start getting into the average of 50 days from this financial year. Um, there was a question around the cleared mandate. Uh, in in opening remarks, Minister spoke about the adversary panel that has been appointed to look at the mandate of the OVG. Uh, we are contributing to that work. You will see that in our annual performance plan, we've got an indicator to support the advisory panel. Uh, and uh, that is the process that the minister referred to to begin and clarify the mandate of the OVG. Insofar as the current backlog is concerned, uh, we, we, it, the, the backlog is part of the annual performance plan, one of the indicators in the APP. We are not able to give you numbers now. We wanted to count as to how much we would have done by the end of March. And uh, that is work that we will do once we lift the, 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 the once the lockdown is lifted completely uh, and some of us are back, are back at work. So it is something that we will share with the committee as to what are we counting as our backlog from one April, uh, which we're basing on as at the end of March uh, uh, 20, 2020. The, on page 18, the, the compensation of employees is actually not a decreasing chair. Uh, it's 30.6 it's, it's million in 2020-2021. It's 32.1 in 2021-2022 and 34 in 2022-2023. On the change management, on the change management chair, the change management that is happening is uh, what the minister has referred to as a response to the issues of capacity that we we have had and the delays that we have had. We have agreed with the restitution um, uh, uh, entity as well as the land redistribution branch of the department that they continue to commission valuations so that they use their own capacity commission valuations based on a panel of valuers that we would have uh, determined as the, as the OVG, as well as the terms of reference that would have determined. Uh, they would then submit those valuations that they have commissioned to come to us uh, for us to finalize the quality assurance and the review work. So that change, that we are implementing is the one that we require to manage. So the change management sessions that are in the in the APP are as a result of those changes that we have agreed with the uh, restitution. Uh, Honorable Bekulu, uh, how long to, to fill the positions and how many positions? Uh, we have already advertised 15 of the 25 vacancies. We advertised them before the lockdown and we were about to do short listing and interviews before uh, the, the, the lockdown caught up with, with us. So once we lift the, 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 the lockdown, we'll be able to continue with those uh, aspects of the recruitment process. Um, 
what interventions have been put in place, Honorable Mbamba, uh, we have got service level agreements that we have been working on with the with restitution in particular. Uh, during the lockdown, we were able to finalize the service level agreements. I think we had about four or five meetings with restitution where we spoke about the details of how we're going to relate to one another, particularly with the new dispensation where they are uh, commission evaluations on our behalf. Uh, we have agreed the, the values in terms of uh, saying that they, they, they will give an indication on a quarterly basis of the numbers that they are requiring from the OVG. And the OVG would respond by indicating capability to deal with those numbers. So those are the types of interventions. We, we are now agreeing on actual numbers so that we are uh, able to commit something that you can achieve based on our, on, on our uh, uh, capability. So those SLAs have been, have been finalized with uh, in particular restitution. Um, I think the question on uh, from Honorable Masipa will be taken by the Acting Valuer General. Thanks, Chair. Yes. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, Honorable Members. Chair. I would like to uh, take the question where uh, it was asked that. Uh, it seems in our valuations, uh, carrying capacity is ignored. Uh, in determining the value, one cannot ignore carrying capacity because it is uh, linked to the financials and also the productivity of the farm. So, carrying capacity is always looked into because it's one of the basis of comparing uh, comparables in valuations. So I don't know what informed uh, that uh, capacity is, is, is not uh, taken into account, but we would also like to, uh, if there are such complaints and we have to look into them, but according to the principles, that's how uh, capacity, you cannot ignore it. And there was also another question uh, on training of valuers. Uh, the training of valuers is ongoing. It is in our operational plan. It might not be in the APP, but uh, continuous training is ongoing. Uh, as we want to be one of the best and producing quality valuations, uh, we are bound to continue to co uh, to have tra uh, valuers trained and ensure that uh, we provide uh, best services for land reform. The standards, the question of standards, it was also uh, mentioned. We are a member of the IVSC uh, International Valuation Standards Committee. So as a valuation, we take our guide from the international standards so that we ensure that whoever works for us or provides relations for the OBG must adhere to those standards. So based on this, I would actually thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, uh, the Office of uh, the Velua General. Uh, but uh, Honorable Kape Ndate Mutsweneng had a very clear question uh, in regard to the CEO's position, which you have not answered uh, quite sufficiently. The question, and I want to repeat this, how long has it been vacant, the position of the CEO, and how far are you in terms of progress of appointing a substantive value general? Can we get a clear answer on this issue? Because you've been an acting CEO for quite some time now. So the position of the chief operating uh, officer has been vacant since the establishment of the OVG. That is in 2016, 2015, 2016. Um, the position of Valua General has been vacant since the end of February in 2019. Um, I, I think maybe one should then say um, we, it's a matter that we will raise with the deputy minister as well as the minister and um, it is a matter that they can uh, you, you know indicate to the to the committee as to when recruitment processes will will be undertaken on those two positions. Okay, let us uh, wrap this session up because we've taken far more uh, time than we had allowed. But uh, we would like these uh, two positions to be prioritized because the efficiency uh, of the OVG uh, is uh, really going to be uh, hanging on uh, the leadership of these two positions. Can we, honorable members, uh, move on to the answers from the ARC? Uh, CEO, you ready? Yes, I'm ready, sir. Okay. Thank you, sir, uh, and, and honorable members. Um, I think the issue of the turnaround is a very important one, uh, and we're dealing with it in a sensitive manner as possible because this also affects people's lives. We have indicated in our slide, uh, in our presentation, as we indicated before, that the operational the cost of, 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 of employees uh, in terms of the operational PG is quite high, and therefore we need to rationalize that uh, in order for the ARC to be a sustainable organization. And the, and the amount that we need to achieve as a target is about 320 million. That is also contained in the presentation that we just, we just gave you. And obviously that has to happen through a variety of different instruments. One of those is early retirement, the other one is voluntary severance packages, and the last option, the last, uh, you know, when things are very difficult, would obviously be retrenchment. But we have to negotiate this uh, with all the employees as well as negotiate with organized labor so that it has minimal impact to the organization. While we are doing that, we are also conscious of the need to avoid uh, the brain trade of some of our experts. And that's part and parcel of how we are looking towards designing these exit packages uh, in a manner that it ha doesn't have the, the bad impact on the, on the organization. 
So that's part and parcel of the work that we are currently doing. It's also part and parcel of uh, the work that we are trying to negotiate uh, with, with organized uh, labor. There has been some uh, people that have been taking up early retirement, uh, but it's not at the rate and the numbers that we wish to, to see ourselves uh, in, in, in the organization. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we've lost the month of April, uh, through which we would have been engaging, organizing by engaging with employees of the particular matter. Uh, we will try and see what happens within the month of May, uh, because it's quite critical or crucial for us to get going on this particular issue. If I were to deal with the next question, perhaps allow me to, to deal with all the questions on FMD at one go, because they were asked uh, at least by three uh, members. Uh, last year around progress and as well as the vaccine. We, we, we were in the process of appointing a specialized uh, project manager uh, who is going to be driving the issues around uh, architectural design but also the issues around actual supervision of the uh, potential construction companies and so on. This is the kind of expertise that requires somebody to quantity survey. That's the expertise that doesn't exist in the AFC. Uh, unfortunately, we were stopped by the, uh, you know, the implementation of the, um, the lockdown uh, because we were just about to get ourselves into the interview sessions. We had already advertised the, the position. We had already shortlisted. In fact, we had already set up the date for the interviews. We just had to find ourselves in a situation where we now had to delay that. Uh, we will try and see what what we can achieve during the month of May. Uh, if that could be achieved, that would be quite a, 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 a big process. But in the meantime, we have renovated a small laboratory inside the old facility where we continue to conduct diagnostics, but also we continue to develop a new FMD vaccine. Uh, we have developed up to about 50,000 uh, doses of the FMD vaccine of the three different strains. So it's 50,000, 50,000, 50,000, uh, which are of very high quality. We have tested them clinically. We know it's very effective. Uh, and we are also storing it for emergency use in the meantime because it's been developed in what we call our pilot laboratory. Um, in terms of the uh, the question around the recent update of, um, of uh, food and mouth, there are two, two sets of costs. One is the cost of conducting the diagnostics, uh, which is testing of all the different animal populations. That is the, the cost that is uh, already allocated in an annual budget of ARC for diagnostics. When it exceeds that, we then claim that money from the department because it exceeds what was budgeted for. Uh, in the current year, we're still looking at whether it has exceeded that amount, uh, because that happened during 2019 20. Uh, but on average, the uh, amount of cost of the vaccine is actually the funding that gets paid for directly by the department. Um, it costs about 40 rands uh, per dose, uh, and the estimate of about 300,000 doses actually gets us about 12 million. That depends on the level of the outbreak. So um, we are still trying to get uh, the details of the vaccine. So that because in 2019 we have several, we had more than one outbreak. 
we can give you more information of, on that. The question around the success rate of the, uh, of the KYD, uh, I think KYD you could measure in a variety of different ways. On the one hand, the, you know, it's influenced by the number of farmers participating in it, and you could measure that as a, as a success rate. But we actually prefer to measure it in the context of the outcome. Because what we see is that those that are participating in KYD, on average, achieve about 20 to 30% higher income when they sell their animals at the market. That to us reflects the success rate of the value that the science and technology and the insights of the training that we bring to these particular farmers uh, helps them in understanding the value of their animals but also in managing their animals, both from a production perspective, but also from a breeding perspective. Um, that's how we value that uh, particular uh, issue. Uh, yes, uh, in many of our projects, we do have women. In fact, we're increasingly uh, observing that there's an increasing number of women that, is, that tends to be higher in our projects than we were um, that we have planned. That, 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 we're having difficulty in hearing you. We're having difficulties okay. in hearing you. Can you speak up? Okay. Uh, I was saying that uh, on um, uh, the question around ensuring women trade, um, we have a five, quite a you know, higher number of women that participate in many of our projects. In, on, on average, they tend to be more than 50% in many of our And we actually look forward to making sure that. Can you still Can you still listen? can the secretary mute his microphone? Come again. Can the secretary mute his microphone? The secretary? Yes. Manyamza, Mamkakaza, can you mute your microphones? Thank you. Continue, Bashatrak. Thank you, Chair. On the question of urban and peri-urban um, uh, farming, we are slowly working on developing some of those particular uh, technologies and engaging some of those that uh, have an interest in urban and peri-urban farming. We've been engaging a number of training sessions on um, hydroponics, uh, and we are starting to see a number of people starting to take up uh, hydroponics. There are some that have an interest in aquaponics, Aquaponics is a mixture or is a combination of both hydroponics and fish farming, using essentially the same equipment. It's more like a recirculation of the water systems and some of the nutrients between plant production that is in the hydroponics and fish farming using the same water system. So some people are starting to take up that, and we're starting to, to see an increase in the number of people that are using that. There's also projects of that we run on training on bee farming, uh, you know, for people to produce honey bees. 
some of those are in very urban areas uh, you know, in terms of the people involved in those particular projects. On the question of the possibility of, um, of uh, budget cuts, first of all, in the current financial year that has just started in 1 April, our budget had already been cut by 5%. Secondly, National Treasury did consult with us to find out the kind of pressures we already have on our budget. Uh, and we indicated that in the first place, we had a major shortfall in our budget. I, we have not received any further communication around the reprioritization of, uh, of our project in this regard. There was a question linked, linking the work of the earlier general in terms of acquiring farms and the role of the ARC in infrastructure development. Um, I think I need to very clearly indicate that the ARC's role is largely around providing expertise around the infrastructure that might be on a particular farm, we, are, we don't have the mandate to do the actual development of infrastructure on a particular farm. Um, however, as and when we could be requested, we could see what expertise we could bring on that particular uh, area. Um, on the question of the optimization and the turnaround uh, countering the, the brain trade, I think I have answered that particular um, question. If a part and parcel of what we do is we run in the professional development program, it serves as part and parcel of our uh, pipeline development of scientists, uh, but also we work in or retention retainment plans and strategies, uh, as well as further training of some of our employees uh, in order to ensure that we try and make sure that um, uh, they stay the and lastly, last feature on, on the personnel, we also work with uh, working with other institutions, science councils, and collaborations to try and make sure that we continue to complement our capacity as a science institution. Um, on the insurance schemes, uh, what we meant by that was that uh, if we could digitize some of our data uh, and, and start to present some of this particular data in a manner that we could sell to insurance companies that could perhaps start to give us uh, alternative sources um, of, of, of income. On fertilizer production, we have indicated that it's an area that we could look into as a science and study it. Uh, we would not be the ones that produce the fertilizer, but we could provide uh, a lessons and insights into this particular area. So I hope I have answered all the questions that have been raised. Thank you. Thank you, Honourable Members. Uh, due to time, we will request uh, both the OVG and the ARC to respond uh, to all the questions that we posed today and those that they've already answered. They must send them to the Secretariat of the Portfolio Committee in writing by end of business day on Friday so that we can be able to circulate the answers to all the honorable members and then we can also be able to follow up on the issues but uh, let us uh, move on uh, honorable members to uh, deal with the other presentations uh, as uh, uh, we still have uh, three uh, presentations that uh, we need to undertake 
Um, can we have uh, the presentation uh, from uh, the OBP on this port biological products, which will be followed by the presentation of NEMEC, that is National Agricultural Marketing Council, and lastly, but not least, uh, the PPECB, that is the Perishable Products Export and Controls Board. In that order, please. 15 minutes per presentation, and we'll then close with questions. Thank you, OPP. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Um, it's uh, Dr. Dungu, the CEO of OBP, but our chairperson is also online. I hope you can start. Go ahead. Morning, Chairperson. Uh, it's uh, the CEO will present on behalf of OBP. Uh, CEO, please go ahead. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Chairperson. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee and uh, Honorable Members of the Committee, Deputy Minister and colleagues. Uh, the presentation that uh, you've received um, already is based on our, um, that our APP has been built on the basis of our new uh, strategy, which uh, is quite an aggressive strategy that we've put in place in agreement with our board which is summarized on slide five, and I won't go through it. Um, it, it it's the basis on out of which we, we build our APP, which we hope that will um, take the organization out of the challenges that it has been facing and which are summarized uh, on that slide um, at the corner left. And uh, also we have uh, on the following slide a few challenges and uh, what has been uh, happening to address them uh, uh, up to slide um, uh, eight. Can you share so, your presentation? Okay, I'll do that. I hope I'll manage. Is it working? Hmm? Not yet. Uh, I thought that it's coming. There we are. This is not the one. No, no. Can you see it now? Not yet. We still got a blank screen. Oh, yes. I think it's coming. Yes. Can you see now? Yes. Yes. You yes, we can see. see. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry for that. So I'll um, move to, is it moving? Yes, continue. Okay, so uh, that, that was the, the summary of the strategy that we've adopted and which is the basis of our APP and uh, what will take us forward. Uh, it summarizes also our, our current challenge, the challenge that we, we found, which we, we are addressing and hope will help the organization to grow much faster. So I'll uh, jump the following slide, which are the, 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 the detail on the summary and uh, uh, our pro workforce profile. And then uh, for 
save time, I'll move to 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 slide 18, 16, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. 16 is just uh, uh, to to confirm the fact that our APPs are aligned with uh, the government priorities as well as the, the the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform, and Rural Development uh, outcomes. So. The, the, the first um, uh, program in terms of uh, our financials, uh, the, for the new financial year, we, we're targeting a sales revenue of 200 million rand, which is a much more realistic figure than uh, what was put last year. And uh, in terms of operating profit, we're we aiming at 8% of the gross profit, which comes to roughly 16 million rand. Uh, of uh, operating profits. In terms of our uh, product development, we we intending to ex to expand our product portfolio and access new markets, and this will be achieved by uh, um, uh, increasing the number of dossier that we register and product that we will be developing uh, uh, in the coming in this financial year. But as, as is the case with most of uh, product development, the work has started already in the previous year. And then an important uh, factor for OBP to achieve this is uh, an attainment of uh, good manufacturing practice, which involve the facility that we upgrading as well as uh, putting in place uh, the systems for, for achieving that. And uh, we also putting in place animal facility that will allow us to, to to conduct the clinical trial that are required for registering vaccines. Uh, in terms of the sales, we 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 have uh, started really seriously addressing the, the, the product availability problem, and uh, we're seeing it more and more that uh, there's a better customer satisfaction uh, with our different communities of farmers. And uh, we, we're aiming to have a customer uh, satisfaction uh, rate that will uh, be much higher than what we've been having so far. And uh, we work always in partnership with uh, other institutions, uh, including um, universities and uh, research organizations like the, the Agricultural Research Council. We're aiming at increasing the number of our partnership uh, and have three more. And importantly also is the number of farmers that we want to train. We, we're aiming at uh, 500 this year. Uh, and then also establishing more uh, distributors, especially uh, emerging or black distributors in, in, in different provinces um, so that they can uh, increase the value chain uh, in terms of veterinary vaccines. On the next slide is uh, in terms of our operation and production, uh, OBP has been uh, suffering for many years in terms of product availability. As I mentioned earlier, this is less and less of a problem. Uh, we're coming with, uh, we're putting as a target of 80% satisfaction, uh, a much more realistic figure. And then uh, in terms of improving our index, uh, um, production, production efficiency index, we're aiming at uh, an index of 7.9. Uh, the, the, the production in index is a, a complex uh, index which include um, a number of factors like uh, stock availability, uh, sales versus sale forecast, and uh, production success rate. 
we also uh, aiming at uh, improving um, the, 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 in terms of equipment, uh, starting to, to commission and uh, replace, decommission uh, all the equipment that have been still in our facilities. In terms of human resource, we, 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 one of the challenges that we've been having in terms of staff uh, morale and uh, uh, poor management of uh, HR has been that we, we've been having outdated policies and uh, we will be embarking on uh, replacing this policy in a much more effective way and much faster. We're aiming at uh, at least 10 policies being replaced during the financial year. And then uh, all the usual uh, um, um, indicators like the performance review and so on will be uh, achieved. So for the financial, I'll, I'll let uh, our CFO to take you through. Uh, the financial fairly quickly. Zolani. Thank you, Chair. Uh, in terms of the financials, uh, as the CEO has alluded, we are aiming to reach 200 million worth of sales, growing to 242 over the MTF. And then we are aiming to make a profit, an operational profit of 18 million. 22 and 30 million over the MTF. Uh, with that, it will give us a profit before tax of 37, 37 million, uh, growing to 39 million over the MTF. Uh, in terms of the balance sheet, our asset base will be growing from 775 to uh, in fact, it will be reducing due to the implementation of the GMP project to 726 over the MTF. Uh, with that, it, it shows that uh, OBP as an entity, it, it still has a positive equity of about 338 million in 2020-21, and that will grow to 413 in 2023. Uh, in terms of the cash, the cash in the bank uh, uh, in 2021, it, it, we are expecting it to be around 271, dwindling down to 151 as we uh, implement on the GMP project. Uh, is that, uh, this is a financial position. Or the financial position, I think I alluded to yeah, it yeah. initially. Okay. I think that is the position of OBP's finances. Thank you. Thank you. And then uh, uh, in terms of our strategic uh, risks, um, uh, I won't go through the detail of the table that is put there, but um, uh, basically they, they are being uh, they will be addressed in terms to, 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 for OBP to achieve uh, profitability and uh, address the, the, the current challenges. Um, uh, some of the key risks for, for the organization have been, for example, the lack of uh, good manufacturing practice certification, which we, we will be addressing, starting to address more effectively in the current year. And then uh, in terms of the way forward, there's also a long list uh, which clearly identify the, the area that 
uh, we, we are planning to address individually throughout the organization to cover all the, the, the aspects of um, um, our, our operation. And uh, as it was requested, um, we, we have been impacted by the COVID-19 in, in terms of our revenue. Uh, just in March, we lost uh, two or three uh, export sales that were to the value of 25 million rand. And domestically, we, we've lost uh, 11 million rand for, for, for the previous financial year. In terms of personnel, uh, basically people not coming to work, um, although we have been identified as an essential service, but we were making sure that we have at least a third of the staff coming to work. So that has cost us uh, around 18 million rand. And in terms of sanitizer and other PPE measures, it's 2.5 million rand uh, to an overall uh, cost of 56 million, uh, 57 million rand to date. But the good thing also is that OBP is manufacturing uh, hand sanitizers, which we have been uh, uh, selling, but also donating to a number of institutions. And to date, we have donated to the value of 1.1 million rand of uh, hand sanitizers. So that's uh, quickly an overview of our, our presentation, um, uh, Chairperson, and we thank you. Thank you uh, for the presentation uh, on the OPP. Allow me, honorable uh, members, uh, to welcome uh, Emile Mzamo, who's a learner from Curio Sitari High School. And it's uh, uh, quite uh, uh, exciting to see young people take interest in the work uh, that we do, particularly in the sector of uh, agriculture, land reform and rural development. We often uh, regard agriculture to be a retirement uh, career for the elderly. Oh. And it's uh, inspiring to see young people such as Emile take interest in the work that we do. Emile, you are welcome. And I did actually pick up your name from the last session we had last week, honorable members. She uh, watched and uh, participated in uh, the entire session of last week. Uh, let us uh, move on uh, to the presentation by NEMEC. Good morning, uh, Honorable Chairperson. It is Harry Prinsler. I'm currently the acting chairperson of the NMC. I'm with the acting CEO, Masara Netley, who will lead us through the presentation. She will be assisted by one of our senior managers, Dr. Sampiwe Ngwangweni. The presentation will cover e-issues, key issues in the annual performance plan for the financial year of 2020-21. We will also touch on how the COVID-19 crisis is affecting us as an organization and how we'll try to adjust how we run our business. We are also grateful to the political leadership of the minister as well as the management of the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development under the Director's General for the constant the guidance that has been provided to the NMC. Chairperson, we currently are seven council members and we have three vacant positions of which 
One is the, that of the chairperson of the council. You will also probably ask the question, what is our situation with, with regarding our CEO? And I'm, I'm glad to report that we currently busy appointing uh, a new CEO for the NAMC, which will be probably in the next month or two be finalized. With these introductory remarks, I will now hand over to our acting CEO for the presentation. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Please proceed. Acting CEO, please proceed. And uh, please do share your presentation on the screen. Good morning, Chairperson. Uh, I've shared the presentation on screen. Thank you. Good Is morning. Is it visible? Not yet. Can you see it? Yes, we can see it. Uh, please proceed. Okay, thank you. Uh, the presentation will cover the uh, issues as outlined in this slide. And then I'll move to the organizational structure of the NMC as presented on this slide. I'm not going to go in detail into that. As the chairperson has already indicated that we have, we have seven council members and three vacant, vacant positions. In terms of the mandate, our mandate is derived from the MAP Act and we are therefore mandated to play a role, an active role in coordination of the work relating to four statutory measures as mentioned in the MAP Act. We also coordinate the work of the industry trust and also undertake through research aimed at advising the minister and directly affected groups on marketing matters. We also work directly with farmers to address marketing matters. Our strategic plan, Chairperson, uh, has been submitted to the department and was approved. And then we are therefore committed to create a, a viable, inclusive, agricultural marketing system contributing to food security, economic growth and development. Therefore, our outcome will be to enable agricultural marketing policy and also statutory measure environment and also to ensure that NMC delivers on its mandate and core functions. And also to ensure that agricultural sector is viable, inclusive, competitive as a key economic sector. In terms of the target and output indicators on how we're going to achieve the desired outcome, this is detailed in the five-year strategic plan and annual operational plan. I will now move to annual operation performance plan. 
and it is presented as follows. We have got three programs that are designed to implement the planned performance over the medium term. Program one, output indicator. This is responsive to outcome number one, which is to ensure that NMC delivers on its mandate and core functions. This program indicates the extent to which the NMC has been managed and governed in terms of compliance and also uh, compliance with applicable legislation and regulations. For the financial year 2020-21, under this program, we plan to uh, spend 100% of the budget that has been allocated to NMC, and we have also set targets for preferential procurement, of which the plan is to contribute towards improving the lives of women, youth, and persons with disabilities. Under this program, Chairperson will also strive to achieve the DPSA target of 50% women employed in the senior management position and 2% employment of persons with disability. We also commit ourselves, Chairperson, to achieve an unqualified audit opinion for the financial year 2020-21 by ensuring that our internal control system are, are strengthened. I will now move to program two and three program. Uh, uh, performance indicators. The output of this program two and three speaks to outcome two and three, which is enabling agricultural marketing policy and statutory environment and ensuring that the agricultural sector is viable, inclusive, competitive as a key economic sector. Under this program, Chairperson, we will ensure that statutory measures are effectively administered, in other words, ensure that job creation is there and also transformation of the sector to be more inclusive. We will also continue to monitor and ensure that agricultural trusts are effectively administered and ensure that 20% of the trust funds are set aside and are directed into intervention that develops sectors such as capacity building of our small rural farmers and also provision of farm inputs. We will also continue to ensure that uh, there is increased domestic and international commercial market access, especially for our smallholder farmers. In addition to that, Chairperson, we will also provide approved trade remedies and value chain advisory and approved market intelligence report to our directly affected stakeholders. Under this program, Chairperson, we will also ensure that uh, uh, there is increased number of smallholder farmers projects linked to market opportunities. This output indicator will be achieved through market access program that are designed to uplift the smallholder farmers and to encourage their integration into commercial mainstream. We also collaborate with various institutions in designing market access models, which are increasing market access and also uh, designed to encourage new business development and capacity building of historical disadvantaged enterprises. And the program linked to that are the market access model that we designed and technical support services uh, that we, we, we provide to our farmers, whereby we, we will assist producers to, uh, or farmers to produce marketable produce and also link them to markets. We will also provide capacity building facilitation and also marketing, market access facilitation whereby we will continue to link farmers to markets. The following are some of the achievements that we have made in 2019-20.
uh, we were involved in designing schemes whereby uh, we were involved in designing schemes for drive-ins in Free State, whereby 44 farmers benefited from this project. We also assisted in the development of Ren West Beef, whereby 500 farmers benefited from this scheme. We also provided technical support uh, to 45 farmers in both berries and, and, and maize. We also facilitated capacity building, whereby 122 farmers were trained, of which 20 farmers were trained on crop production, and 102 farmers were trained on market access and also good agricultural practice. Market facilitation, very important. This benefited more than 190 farmers. Under this program, Chairperson, we have managed to uh, 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 manage the project, which is called National Red Meat Development Project, on behalf of the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform since 2013. This project is currently implemented in three provinces, namely KZN, Eastern Cape, and Northwest. And this is contributing towards the objective of the NMC to increase market access to all. And achievement under this program, Chairperson, to date we have managed to construct and operationalize 17 CFPs in the Eastern Cape, KZN, and Northwest. And 11 CFPs are under construction in the Eastern Cape and, and KZN. 1,011 farmers uh, accessed the market for their livestock through this program. And we've managed to generate 23.9 million. And also uh, uh, through this program, 3,071 cattle were sold to informal and formal markets. And 11 auctions were conducted or facilitated in 2019. Uh, Chairperson, I'll move to the next slide where I'm not going to spend much of my time there. This slide is showing us the agricultural trust financial position, whereby the total assets managed by industry uh, from the survey that was conducted in 2018-19 is uh, 23, 2.3 billion. And our main role there, as indicated above, is to monitor and ensure that 20% of the funds are used for transformation of agricultural sector and guidelines on how this 20% should be spent has been developed and we have communicated that to the industry trust. In terms of the statutory levy, this slide is showing us how much we have generated, we have uh, collected, was collected on statutory levy uh, during 2019 survey. 641.2 million has been collected, and the total value of product at point of sale is 183 million. I'll now move to risk management, Chairperson. I won't spend much of my time there. But during the review of the strategy, uh, we have identified top 10 risks that could have a negative impact on the achievement of the desired outcome if not managed, of which amongst them is the budget limitation to support the strategy and the risk of non-compliance to policies and procedures, which could lead us to have an a qualified audit opinion by Auditor General. I will now move to HR. We have... Um, in terms of the implementation of the strategy and APP, this is executed through a, a five operational programs, as mentioned below. And currently we have, uh, in terms of staff, we have 47 funded positions, and one position is vacant, and the chairperson has already indicated that uh, the process of appointment of the CEO is uh, underway. 
in terms of uh, management uh, employment equity, we have got seven management positions of which uh, three are occupied by female and four are occupied by males. And then in terms of uh, equity, in terms of overall staff, we've got 24 males and 22 males and one disabled employee. Chairperson, I'll quickly move to NMC's budget, which I'm not going to spend much of my time there. The total budget allocated to NMC is 47.4 million. And the budget, in terms of the allocation uh, that we have received, our budget was reduced by 1 million for the MTF period. Therefore, our budget in terms of the financial year 2021 has increased by only 4.8%. Therefore, the budget uh, was then allocated to various programs as tabled uh, in this slide. And uh, this, uh, the budget was allocated to ensure that we support the delivery of output and achievement of the desired outcome. Chairperson, the next three slides, I'm going to hand over to Dr. Sintiwe will take us all, uh, through the three slides that are left, and you will touch on the impact of COVID-19 uh, on our plans as specified on the uh, annual operational plan. And you will also touch on the role played by, played by NFC in the FPSU. And also, he will also do concluding remarks. Thank you, Chairperson. I will now hand over to Dr. Simbiwe. Thank you, Dr. Simbiwe. Uh, thank you, uh, Honorable Chair and uh, Honorable Members. I will uh, quickly run through the, the last three slides. I hope I'm audible. Yes, you are. Go ahead. Thank you, Honorable Chair. In terms of the impact of COVID-19, uh, of course, this is an external risk which has now uh, manifested and, and has compelled the organization to make certain adjustments uh, to its business plan and budget. Some of those uh, adjustments that are currently under consideration include reallocation of some of the administration budget due to anticipated savings, uh, savings from the travel uh, uh, line. Also, uh, increased CAPEX allocation towards uh, ICT, both hard and soft infrastructure, which obviously is now in a, very, a very important enabler under the new normal, which has been brought about by the COVID crisis. We also foresee, obviously, increased spending on COVID-19 compliant health practices. Um, over the medium and long term, the organization will have to put more effort towards digitization of systems, for example, in the area of finance and HR. In terms of servicing our stakeholders, especially farmers who may not have the ICT technology, this will obviously prove to be a very uh, significant challenge going forward under the COVID-19 situation but we're looking at more innovative solutions uh, to deal with that. The next slide. We were also asked to reflect on the role of the NEMC in, in pharma uh, production support units. Um, I think one of the things I need to point out is that uh, we are at a, at a very, uh, 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 can I say, privileged position as the NEMC currently, because we've been now appointed by the minister to coordinate the process of compiling the Agriculture and Agro-Processing Master Plan. Um, as part of this process, of course, infrastructure investment in rural areas, um, for example, storage facilities, fresh produce markets, irrigation infrastructure, processing infrastructure has been identified as a key enabler. Um, 
and we are currently consulting widely. Uh, we have a draft plan in place under the leadership of, of the Director General. We're currently in the, uh, uh, in the process of consultation uh, uh, on this plan. Uh, this plan obviously has been made much more uh, urgent now by the, by the COVID crisis. And there has to be uh, uh, plans in place to deal with the crisis uh, in the short term and medium term, but also in the long term uh, in terms of how the, the agricultural economy will recover from the crisis. And part of that plan, uh, central part of that plan is obviously the farmers production support units, which I've already said they are very important enablers in terms of infrastructure. Uh, currently, there's 27 uh, FPSUs that are prioritized. But uh, um, um, so these will be aligned to the plan as we now are looking at the implementation uh, of the AAMP uh, going forward, Chair. In conclusion, uh, I think uh, the NMC has played and is, co is continuing to play an important role towards promotion of the viability of the sector uh, through intervening and, and uh, providing necessary services in the marketing, on the marketing of agricultural products. In areas such as statutory measures, uh, trusts, production of a body of knowledge through our research, designing and testing of market access models, uh, specifically for black farmers, We've already seen the achievements under the National Red Meat Development Program, for example. We are also a very active participant in crafting, in crafting of policy documents under the leadership of, uh, of, of the DG, uh, assisting the, the department and the ministry uh, in that regard. Thank you very much, Chair. That, that, that's all from our side. Thank you. And we have uh, the last presentation uh, from PPEBC. Good morning. Good morning, Chairperson, Honorable Chair, and members of the, of the committee. Um, I have with me my um, Chairperson, Mr. Clive Garrett. There's also our Deputy Chairperson, Dr. Charlotte Mpuna. Um, so I don't know whether they just wish to introduce themselves before I jump into the presentation. Yeah, can Thank we you. also have the other officials uh, mute their uh, microphones and also mute their videos? You can go ahead. Thank you, uh, CEO. I think I'll just um, introduce the PPECB quickly. Um, the PPECB is an independent service provider of quality certification and cold chain management services for producers and exporters of perishable food products. There's myself and we've got... Um, our Vice Chair Lady, Dr. Charlotte Nkuna, joining us, and then our CEO, Mr. Lucien Janssen, and our CFO, Mr. Johan Schweibusch. Um, our CEO will do our annual performance um, plan, and then our CFO will take us through the budget allocation. Thank you, Chair. Thank you so much, Chairperson. Um, I trust I'm audible, audible. Um, so may I proceed? Go ahead. Thank you. Um, Honourable Chairperson, in terms of the PPECB board, the Minister has appointed a <coughs> revised board as from the 1st of February 2020. Um, we were fortunate five of the existing board members could remain, so there's some good continuity there, Chair. Um, I just want to put up the picture. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the five members on the top are from the previous board and the five members at the bottom are the new board members that have joined the PPCB. As from the, the as from February 2020. 
In terms of the environmental uh, or situational analysis, we've conducted a quick environmental scan, and we've taken into consideration the economic growth, um, unemployment rate, obviously the impact of COVID-19, um, the advances in technology, um, the continuing global trade wars, if you think of Europe and China, and then obviously the inflation for the year ahead. What we've considered when we've conducted the plan, um, the national development plan, um, the president's state of the nation address, and also the, the factors of the NTEF. Now I'm going to touch on a few, Chair. The government expenditure remains a problem, sustainability of SOEs, um, the potential of agriculture, food security, um, value for money in terms of delivering of services, and also the technologic, technological changes. So having said this, um, the board has approved, um, or what we are seeing globally, before I get to what, we, what we're going to do for the year, um, we're seeing an increase in competitiveness globally and within the export market, um, a great requirement for safe and premium quality food, global trade wars continuing, um, increase of non-tariff barriers, um, which makes it more difficult for us to export, business disruptions, and then continuous policy changes, which we have to correspond to as an exporting country. So having said that, the board has, has therefore responded um, with introducing or approving a, a revised business strategy over the medium term, where the PPCB will also become more for, of, of an, an enabler than just being a regulator. The five areas that we will focus on is become, to become more customer-centric, introduce that data analytics and business intelligent capabilities, um, looking at redesigning the PPCB service delivery model to increase efficiencies and contain costs, improve business process efficiencies through digital transformation, and also improve business sustainability of black smallholder farmers and, and suppliers. Chair, we therefore will respond with the following um, strategic projects, introduction, and we've already started the initiation of an enterprise resource planning project and business intelligence capabilities in terms of ramping that up. Our automated inspection platform, Titan 2.0, we will continue um, with advancing on that platform um, in order to become more efficient. Our agricultural export technologies program focusing on attracting more youth to agriculture, um, we will continue with that program. Internally, we're looking at leadership development to ensure that there's a pool of resources and a pipeline of resources. Our inspection model to look at the increase in efficiencies we will review. And obviously added to that is innovation chair. The organization will be driven by four um, strategic programs, maybe corporate services, operational services, food safety and transformation and development services. And with your permission, chair, I'm not going to touch on everything, but I'm going to highlight a few. In terms of our BEE spend, we're looking at 80% um, of our procurement be on BEE compliant, um, compliant suppliers we, want, we wish to spend there. In terms of customer satisfaction, we're looking at 80% rating, um, converting of manual processes aligned with our strategy. We're looking at five processes, Chair. Um, in terms of our agricultural export technologies program, the students that we wish to take on, 45 for the coming year. Smallholder farmers, um, training 200 smallholder farmers. Um, with, the, with the 4IR that we're seeing, we, we're missing skills. And we're looking at introducing and training two new skills within our environment for the year to come. And also, we wish to sign off a further 20 smallholder farmers and declaring them and certifying them as export ready. 
So in terms of um, production farmer support, the PPCB supports um, this program indirectly with the, in collaboration with the Department of, of Land Reform and Rural De Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development, but also the provinces. Um, so what we've done last year, and we will continue to do so with the coming financial year, um, 249 smallholder farmers were trained in support of this program and 55 smallholder farmers were certified as export ready. In terms of the vacancy rate chair, um, the PPCP has got 551 permanent employees for the year to come. Um, that is excluding our temporary employees that we use in season. Um, total unfilled position is, 60, is 65. However, the majority of these positions, 42 of them, are new positions in terms of the growth of exports that we needed to cater for for the, year, for the new financial year. Critical positions, all of them has been advertised. Unfortunately, with the lockdown, it makes it a bit more difficult. But we do foresee that within the next three months, all positions will, or most positions will be filled here. In terms of the response to COVID-19, um, the PPCB is an essential service, remained fully operational during this time and under very trying circumstances, I must add. We had to, um, we created a crisis committee internally to make sure that we can keep abreast of all the developments nationally. We issued um, personal protective clothing to all staff. Um, we've introduced remote working as far as possible and as far as possible, and we will continue to do so to protect our staff and protect our clients. Um, we've con we've um, introduced contingency plans, in, especially in cases where we do find that somebody is, is, is as tested positively as one of our activity points or clients or even our staff. Um, and then we've increased um, screening at all offices and office hygiene has also been increased during this time and we will continue to do so during this period. Chair, if you would allow me, if our CFO is online, um, Johan Schubus, I am going to ask him to take us through the three last slides and that is for the finances, Chair. <clears throat> Good morning. Um, <clears throat> the first slide of the medium-term expenditures just shows the 10 years of growth in expenditure as well as in income. Um, <clears throat> for next year, we budget an increase in income of 14% and an increase in expenditure of 13%. If we move to the next slide, that's more in detail. Um, just want to highlight one issue, and that's a COVID expenditure for 2021. Um, we have not included that in a budget. So that is going to push the PPCB into a shortfall. But we have sufficient reserves to fund those kind of expenditure. Um, if you look at the employment cost, there's a 13% increase in employment cost. And the CEO has already made reference in his previous slide to the number of vacancies um, and new positions that's been budgeted for to, to, to support the growth in exports. The other costs, um, goods and services, that has increased by 9.8%, and I've already made reference um, to COVID um, expenditure uh, that's been unbudgeted. For the years to come, we, we do aim, um, as guided by the PFMA, to make a uh, to break even uh, to recover all our costs with the levies that we um, get from delivering our services. The next slide, um, just looking at the budget allocation. 
statutory operations, it moved up from um, 284.7 million in 2020 to 336.6 million. That is a 51.9 million additional budget that's been allocated to operations, and it makes up the majority of our business um, cost, and that is 68%. Um, food safety, it's 26% of our total cost, and that has increased by 5.3%. Um, corporates, uh, 23%, 5.3 million being made available. Um, transformation and development, um, there we make We've allocated 23.1. That is in line with our policy, um, 5% of our total budget. Corporate services, we reduced that by 8.4 million rand. Um, and that is because of the technology and, and the efficiencies that we want to build into our process and want to gain from our process, like the ELP systems and Project Titan. And that's an 8% reduction. And then the 8 million rand COVID expenditure. Which brings our budget to 493.3 million, um, which is about a 13.1% increase on last year. Thank you. Chair, thank you so much. Um, I think we will end there. The next two slides is just the acronyms and abbreviations as we've used it um, during the presentation. So with your permission, um, we will end there. Chair, thank you so much. Thank you. Honorable members, there you have uh, the three presentations from uh, the entities of the department. Uh, can we uh, now have uh, questions, uh, which uh, we will ask members to be brief, bearing in mind that we have only 30 minutes remaining. So we'll take about 10 minutes for the questions and then allow the entities to have at least six minutes in responding time. Uh, then to closure, although we will ask for all the questions to be also sent in writing to us. And we have uh, Honorable Marshall. Honorable Marshall. Honorable Yes, please go ahead. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Chair. My question on, I will start with the PPECB. Uh, asking the question that the enabling, in, for them to, to have an enabling environment on agricultural business to becoming a preferred supplier, on the challenges faced by the smallholders, farmers, and suppliers, in accessing uh, in accessing to the uh, the export markets, what has been uh, the success of the entity in supporting the smallholders farmers? I heard them, but I did not hear them clearly. Uh, we will suggest that they clarify me on that. Let me also ask uh, the issue on the issue of 55 exports that are are ready. The smallholders farmers that are ready now. How many of those uh, smallholders that are rural-based and or, or have an urban rural linkages uh, in, 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 in their, their, their systems? 
the last one, it will be on the one for OBP. The outbreak on animal diseases has a devastating impact on the agricultural economy. What is the most concerning is the vulnerability of small-scale farmers in dealing with the negative impact of the outbreak. How is the entity going to take measures that is, 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 uh, that is products, uh, uh, products or vaccines are available uh, to the emerging small-scale farmers? Chair, I think I will, I will end on that one. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Memato. Ndabezita, uh, the Honorable Inkosi Tabeko. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, thanks for the presentation again from uh, OBP and NAMC. As my focus will be, uh, my questions will focus on them, Chair. Uh, on the OBP, Chairperson, they've stated that uh, they have a challenge that. Uh, they are struggling with, with uh, the competition because of the world market. That is, there's private uh, private companies that are, are, are selling the, the, the vaccines, and the challenge with them is that um, the department does not uh, support buying from them. If one may ask, had, had they ever engaged the department with regards to the challenge of uh, them getting a, a, a department buying from them so that they could supply the communal farmers, more especially where people are very struggling to to go to the, what are you called, the, 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 the ah, I'm, I'm running short of, 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 of the word chairperson for those who are, who are selling uh, 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 vaccines for, for livestock. Uh, yeah. That's my question to OPP. Second, my, my question again to the AMC. NAMC chairperson, uh, in some years back, Gualini was one of the areas which was pro producing citrus. And all of, all of a sudden now, uh, it seems it is dying down. The, the question for, from, to the NAMC is that um, since uh, there is a switch from orange or citrus pr pr production to other uh, 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 deciduous fruits, why are they uh, 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 leaving uh, 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 behind the citrus pr producers in Gualini? Because my understanding is that uh, some of, of the farms now are owned by the trust. That uh, been, those farms were bought by the department and 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 rate is where to the local trust. Why, why is it that uh, those people are not assisted? The emphasis I'd like to make: those people there had uh, the cleaning and 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 packaging uh, uh, facility. That facility has totally uh, run down because it, they are no longer produced the citrus. Uh, Chairperson, thank you. Siabonga Ndabezit. The Honorable Mbabama. Thank you, Chair. I just have two questions for the OBP. Um, the first question is, last financial year, audit findings of irregular expenditure of 42.3 million and fruitless and wasteful expenditure of 853 million were found. What is the entity doing to prevent a recurrence of this in the future? Then the second question is, when will the OBP be 
the preferred government supplier of vaccines and related products to provinces? And what needs to be done to achieve this? Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Montuedi. Honorable Montuedi. Thank you very much, Chair. To OBP, the the 1819 uh, APP, the, in fact, the 2020 APP shows that from 2018 19, there was a steady drop in the revenue of OBP. Uh, I just want to check how has that drop affected OBP in the previous financial year and how is it going to affect OBP? And the other is your APP. It is it, you. You show that you are not up to date with industry specifications, uh, quality standards, or the good manufacturing practice. Is that not the reason why there's a steady decline in your revenue? Because if you do not have good manufacturing practice, it means those that get to buy whatever that you are producing would have doubts as to how effective will that that they are buying from you be. Why are you unable to make sure that there's good manufacturing practice in place? Lastly, on NAMAC Chair, NAMAC is implementing three projects for the department in the Northwest, the custom feeding programs. I just want to check uh, with NAMAC What is the latest? Are they still part of that project? Uh, In the three projects in the Northwest, the custom feeding program, are they still part? And I want to know, is the model that you are implementing in those uh, uh, three projects, is it sustainable? For example, if the department does not give you any more funding, will those projects be able to be sustainable on their own chair? The last one chair is on... uh, uh, PPECB. PEPCB has indicated that uh, NetLEC has approved the PPEC bill and also that the state law attorney has issued a certificate to that effect. I just want to check on the side of the department that uh, uh, it means the bill is ready. But I'm worried because the department has not included the bill for processing. Uh, in this midterm chair. Those are my questions, uh, the one to the department and the ones to the entities as they've presented. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Montuedi. Honorable Mahlatsi. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, my first question goes to PPECB1. Uh, the CEO indicated that they've got, um, they've got reserves. How much do they have in the reserves? And how are they reinvesting in the economy, especially in the rural communities? My second question goes to OBP. The CEO of OBP has indicated in his opening statement that they have a new uh, strategy. Can we have a glimpse of that particular strategy? Secondly, um, in the 2019-2020 annual report, they performed relatively well. 
However, what informed this vigorous uh, strategy in this financial year? Lastly, Chair, is does this current budget accommodate this particular strategy holistically given uh, operations vacancy rate and so forth? And given the COVID-19 pandemic, what will be the possible adjustment in as far as the APP is concerned relating to their finances and their planned programs. Chair, on the NAMAC, I, I just want to make a call that the department must begin to assist uh, entities in as far as presentation of their APPs because there's confusion between APP and the annual report. With NAMAC, I couldn't get clarity in terms of what were they presenting because it seems like they're speaking about the programs that they have implemented in the past but there was no clarity in terms of what is happening now. And according to the APP, uh, in the previous financial year, they were having three, five programs. This year, they've got three programs. What informs this? Thanks, Chair. Thank you. Could we have uh, Honorable Priet? Thank you, Chairperson. Sorry, I was a bit slow there with my fingers. Um, my first questions will be to OBP. Um, in terms of the recent swine flu that has been um, that has been confirmed in the Eastern Cape, I just want to know, and, and the minister mentioned it. Um, what will the OBP's role be in terms of this, if if any? Um, also, taking into account um, COVID nineteen, they had quite a big number of of. Um, targets and annual targets that they're going to reach. How will COVID-19 actually impact these targets in terms of, of vaccines and the trials and, and, and everything they have mentioned? Um, then I think um, Honourable Mbabama has spoken to the AGSA reports and what they are going to do to improve UIFW. Um, and then maybe just um, it was mentioned that there was a decline in vaccine production as well as an increase in batch failure. Um, how will this impact um, effective uh, effectiveness in terms of FMD and and ASF and to combat these diseases that we are currently experiencing specifically within our livestock? And um, um, also speaking to the 25 million, I, I believe that we've lost in terms of our export market due to COVID-19. Is there a strategic plan of how OBP is actually going to go about that to regain those markets, if I understand that correctly, or actually to make up that deficit? Then, chairperson, to go to NAMAC, and they are speaking of their agro uh, agro agricultural agro processing master plan. Um, by when can we expect this master plan to actually um, to actually receive it and get it under our eyes? Um, also speaking in terms of the AJSA reports and the fact that they have regressed in the previous term, how will they actually improve um, their audit outcomes? If they can just maybe briefly point out on that. And they mentioned that they are working with the F FPSUs. Um, how have they actually identified these FPR, these 27 FPSUs that they are working to um, working with or actually um, assisting? And then, lastly, to the PPECB chairperson, um, how has COVID-19 actually impacted the export market for specifically your um, perishables, um, and how will they mitigate these losses? Um, furthermore, maybe just to highlight, um, PPECB has highlighted that um, increased market access of our avocados for our export market, and I think they said specifically to China. Um, are they collabing with NAMAC, 
and with the rest of that apartment to actually further drive these tools. Thank you, Chairperson. Those are my questions. Thank you, Honorable Priet. Uh, Honorable uh, Trader. Thank you, Chair. Um, Chair, I noted a few questions, uh, but let me shorten them a bit. The first one, Chair, is to OBP. Um, in order to increase global market competitiveness of this entity, what plans has the department put in place over the MTSF period aimed at the realization of a global competitiveness of the entity? And that will contribute towards the radical transformation of the agricultural sector. The second one, Chair, is um, one of the audit findings of the Auditor General in the last annual report of the NDT was in respect of expenditure management, where OBP was found to have taken effective and have, in fact, OBP was found not have taken effective and appropriate steps to prevent irregular expenditure. That was amounting to about 42 million um, as required by PFMA. And wasteful expenditure share, that was amounting to more than 800,000. Can, 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 can OBP indicate the measures it has it is taking to prevent these weights wasteful expenditures the last one chair um honorable Breed has touched on it that currently in the eastern cape we are experiencing a swine flu and i'm wondering chair what what will what role is opp going to play in this regard have they engaged the, the department um, in order for them to, to assist in this in this current outbreak? Thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable Trader. Uh, Ms. Stain, Honorable Stain. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, um, my questions is uh, to the OBP first. Uh, firstly, thank you for donating the hand sanitizer. I think it's appreciated, especially in this time that people are struggling. Chairperson, uh, um, my question regarding the product development, which is part of what they say they are doing. How far are we on the development of the African horse sickness uh, vaccine? There was a discussion about it last year. We haven't seen any progress. And then, Chair, also the assistance regarding foot and mouth vaccine development, because um, I constantly hear that part of the problem that we are having with in South Africa has got to do with the foot and mouth vaccines here um, that we are getting from Botswana and other countries. Um, so can we just get some up, update on that? Then, Chairperson, they did speak about the uh, management of the facility up, upgrade. Uh, and I see there is a discussion regarding um, poor management uh, of, of that facility and some people that had to be taken through a disciplinary or, or management of that. Uh, can we maybe get um, 
an upgrade of, on that. And I think that is quite important that we deal with these issues because that also might have to do with why people are, are reluctant to buy from the OBP and use our own um, homegrown vaccines in South Africa is that people are still not sure if they trust OBP 100% to, um, back, uh, to, to give the vaccines. Then chairperson on uh, NAMC, whether they are looking at price increases currently, especially of um, imported goods that is coming into, into the country so that we can keep track of, of that and put some measures in place if needed. Um, I think there were questions about rice and maybe in, imports of um, wheat uh, at some stage. So I just want to know what is the role of the NAMC if they are managing that. And then the question of exports was asked, but I would like to find out and maybe, Chair, we can get it in writing. If there is any challenges regarding current export markets um, that we, we have to deal with uh, and looking at that. Chairperson, um, then um, something that I've been wondering about, and we read quite a lot about it, some of the details regarding food security and, and hunger currently that, that's uh, out there is because Hawkers and small-scale farmers are having massive challenges uh, regarding um, buying of food, transporting of food, um, getting it back into the areas where they have to go and sell it. Whether the NAMC has been thinking about putting or helping or assisting with the strategy regarding that, um, I think it's quite important, especially now that we see some increases in COVID in, in bigger uh, city areas, um, people having to travel to cities to go and buy and then travel back to rural areas, uh, whether the NAMC have got some plan or some strategy in place to assist with that. Chairperson PPECB, um, thank you for uh, the, the feedback, especially regarding the challenges that you're having uh, to deal with and putting a plan in place for if people uh, get uh, tested positive. I would like to find out actually from all three, the PPECB, NAMC and OBP, whether you are assisting also with um, guidelines or help uh, to farmers on how to deal with issues um, now during the, 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 the COVID outbreak, because we, we see um, many people, especially smaller scale farmers and other farmers trying to put together uh, best practice plans in order to deal with this. Then, Chairperson, lastly, uh, I don't know if the ARC is still on. We didn't have time for a follow-up, but I am quite concerned. Um, Honourable Stray. Yes, Chair. Honourable Stray, uh, the ARC is not going to come back. Uh, we'll put that in writing to them, and they will respond to all the questions. So please send okay, the question of the ARC to the Secretariat. Thank you, Chair. That's the end of mine. Thanks, Chair. Thank you. Uh, honorable members, uh, that's it uh, on our side on questions. Uh, if uh, there's anyone that I've uh, missed, can you highlight? You missed, you missed me, honor, um, honorable so chair. Missed Hatte, honorable chair. Yes, I've requested uh, you respond uh, on uh, my uh, WhatsApp. Uh, oh. us, uh, honorable Masipa and then honorable Capes, the last ones. Okay, Chair, I'll try to be very fast. I just want to uh, say thank you really for the presentation. 
Uh, OBP, uh, I just want to highlight some of the issues that I think um, it is important that we get strategic plans in, in order to just see how you are really addressing these problems. One, you are seeing a steady decline in terms of your sales revenue in real terms. This is a concern over a long period. Although you profit, but your overall revenue is declining year on year. Secondly, you are losing market share to your competitors. It's quite a, a concern there. And also seeing a drop in vaccine production and constant availability in the market. And the next one is no new market adapted products and poor products in the pipeline is, um, is a concern. Uh, there is a loss of key European market. You're not getting much of European market in terms of your export. Uh, there's issues of uh, poor management and uh, organizational efficacy and work ethics in the workplace and the low staff morale and deteriorating performance culture. So I think for me, Rich, uh, important is that if the OBP can look at these problems and really address the committee through a strategic interventions to address these things. The other part that I want to really do is on the AMC, which in their, uh, to the smallholder farmers. I must say that they are doing a great job in, uh, in the smallholder livestock uh, ownership. Uh, I believe that is really largely untapped. The NMC should do a lot of work in terms of that market is supported and uh, obviously you know, they've been doing in the Eastern Cape area that they can touch the whole country and ensure that uh, the program is ex expected uh, largely in the other homelands, former homelands area, to ensure that um, they, there's some benefit towards the fiscals and also growing the commercialization of some of the farming community. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Masipa. Uh, Honorable Clapper. Um, thanks, Chair. Chair, on OBP. Uh, let me stress what uh, Honorable Gabokulu indicated. They're working together with National Treasury to make sure that uh, provinces source vaccines from OVP is very key for its sustainability and income generation share. The presenter spoke about the targeted two new distributions, and he says especially black. How many do they have? And they know the, pro the provinces that are targeted in order to have footprints for distributors. The last comment on OBP, slide 28, the financials, the key strategic risk. They have identified what they need to do, but there are no time frames, Chair. They must assist us with time frames so that we are able to monitor if they are winning fight against these financial risks. On NAMAC chair, I share the sentiment with Honorable Masati that they must align the information that is in the APP and in the strategic plan. There's uh, this juncture on your slides 20, slide 11, 12. That information is missing on this, the, the strategic plan. I would also want to know, Chair, from the NAMAC, because they spoke on the situational analysis about the investment in infrastructure that is very key. Previously, they also reported 
that one of the key projects for addressing infrastructure in agricultural value chain was the strategic integrated project for agro logistics, which they were coordinating. Are they still the coordinating agency for this SIP 11? Considering that none of the department infrastructure projects for the medium term have listed their strategic plan and APP for agro-processing, we should be able to find from NAMAC today where, what is the status on SIP 11, including funding arrangements and project implementation. Last question for them, Chair is that they previously also indicated that uh, statutory levies for poultry industry lapsed in 2013 and were not reinstated because of our participation in AGOA. Is NAMAC today what they should be able to provide to us? What is the status of the statutory levies in the poultry industry and the implication on implementation of the new poultry master plan? PCB, PPECB, are they collaborating with the NAMAC on securing the new markets, the new export markets based on the current situation here, COVID-19? Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Kappe and Honorable Members uh, for your uh, questions uh, of uh, clarity. Uh, can I uh, afford uh, the three entities two minutes just to give remarks and not uh, particularly to engage uh, uh, directly on the questions? We will ask for the questions to be answered uh, in writing uh, by no later than end of business uh, day on uh, uh, Friday. Uh, OBP, two minutes. Go ahead, OBP. Hello. Yeah, sorry, I, I was still muted. Thank you, Chair. Um, uh, we'll, we'll try to group the questions, uh, the technical one, I'll cover them, and then the CFO, the acting CFO will, will answer the questions that are more finance, finance related. Uh, in terms of the challenges... Just um, to give a snapshot of uh, the answers. Yes. The, the challenges that have been uh, picked by uh, most of the honourable members are part of what we also have identified as challenges when we came to OBP uh, early last year. Uh, and they are summarised on the slide five of the presentation um, at the corner. And then the following slides are giving a, a, a plan on, on what we've been doing to address them. It's true that we issues like uh, lack of GMP has been a big problem for OBP for market uh, share loss, for 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 uh, dropping exports, um, and 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 those are the issues that we have prioritized now. We we have now appointed a well experienced uh, GMP uh, manager to 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 deal with taking OBP through GMP. Um, similarly, uh, in terms of product uh, 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 availability, you'll see in one of the slides there, um, uh, I think it's slide seven, clearly we have started to trade, to turn things around. The product availability is no longer an issue, thanks to the fact that we've brought back some of the retired uh, experts that used to work at OBP. They've come back as a 
consultant, but also as training uh, the youth that are working in those different departments. So most of these points are being addressed uh, um, through the, 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 the process which is described. Unfortunately, we didn't go too much in detail in the presentation. Uh, Thank you. Um, maybe just to mention in general, OBP doesn't produce FMD vaccine. FMD is produced by the Agriculture Research Council. I think the CEO did mention that. So we not directly involved. Our facility do not allow us. Similarly for the similarly for the African swine fever, there is no vaccine at all globally. Yeah, thank you. And I want to hand over two minutes to Namek. Uh, thank you, Chair. Thank think, you, Chairperson. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay, thank you, Chairperson. I'll deal with, uh, summarize two issues, and then I'll ask Dr. Simpiwa to summarize uh, the rest of the issues that were raised. But we are, we are also, like you indicated, we are also going to uh, send our response in writing before Friday, as you have requested. Uh, in terms of the issue of alignment of our strategy and, uh, and APP, uh, we, we, we have indicated when we were presenting that uh, there are five operational programs that are implemented, that are, that are designed to implement the strategy that we have presented. And uh, we have indicated that we have market and economic research, agri-trust, agribusiness, statutory measures that are there to implement the strategy. So mainly when we present, we are just aligning our strategy to what is uh, indicated in the uh, MAP Act, uh, as uh, we are mandated by the MAP Act. And then in terms of addressing issues that were raised by AG last year, because one of the members indicated that we have regressed. Yes, we have put measures in place in terms of ensuring that our procurement from the activities that we have acquired from the service. Firstly, uh, we are going out on tender for purchase of feed and also construction. And we are also like participating with uh, transversal contracts that are issued by National Treasury in order to address the findings that were raised by AG. So I will just hand over to Simpio to summarize other issues. We'll that we hand over to PPACB. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Just in summary, um, from the PPCB side, the board has got a very specific objective to contribute to the socio-economic factors of the agricultural industry. Hence, our support to smallholder farmers and our a very specific drive towards um, improvement of, of, of people within the sector. And the CSI that we drive specifically in order to support, to support our people. Um, in terms of COVID-19, um, we saw slower exports, especially in March. That was due to the slow turnaround of containers globally. That situation is improving. Um, in terms of collaboration, we are collaborating with DEF. Market access is driven by the Department of Land Reform and Rural Development. PPCB is merely playing a support role in terms of providing conferences of African export systems and processes. Chair, we will then report um, in, in, in comprehensively on Friday. Thank you. Thank you uh, to all the entities. Unfortunately, we have uh, come to the end of our session at 12 o'clock. We will uh, request the honorable members uh, that all the entities uh, that have presented 
must, uh, by end of business day on Friday, have answered all the questions that you have posed uh, in writing, so that uh, the Secretariat may be able to circulate uh, the answers to all of us. Then we will be able to do follow-up questions uh, once we've received that. Let me take uh, this opportunity to thank uh, the Ministry and the officials of uh, the uh, department uh, with uh, all the entities uh, that were able to join us, uh, honorable members, on uh, this virtual meeting of uh, the Portfolio Committee on Agriculture, Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development. Uh, We thank you for having taken time to engage with the presentation. And this brings us uh, to the end of our session. The meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Slalo.